In this episode, I delve into narcissistic personality disorder, probably the most asked for diagnosis yet. My name is Justin Sinceri. I am a licensed marriage and family therapist and your fellow trauma nerd, helping you understand and apply the science of connection to daily life. Welcome to episode 51 of the Polyvagal Podcast. If you're just starting the podcast, I highly recommend you read my Polyvagal 101 page on justinlmft.com. Otherwise, there's simply a lot that's not going to click for you. The link is in the description. If you're one of the super fans, stick around after the main topic. I have a major announcement after the main topic about switching to Patreon for members. So current members, make sure you hear it because it really pertains directly to you and a platform switch and a much better one. But before I get into things, if you... A few uh, disclaimers, put yourself first. I keep every episode as safe as I possibly can, but just by the nature of the topics, you may experience some stuff come up. Take a break if you need to, and I know with this one, there's a lot of, of personal interest based on current relationships or on past relationships, so put yourself first. And these are my personal conceptualizations about how the polyvagal theory connects to the DSM. DSM. I'm not suggesting you think the same way. This is how I am viewing them in general as a starting point. And this information is not meant to diagnose. If you feel like you may be experiencing the symptoms of narcissistic personality disorder, consult with a mental health or medical professional. I'm only speaking in generality. Your specific situation, diagnosis, treatment, and medication are entirely between you and your provider. So please don't be trying to diagnose yourself or anyone else and listen to this from a place of learning or curiosity, please. I felt like I had to say that. I don't know why, but I'm putting it out there. To understand narcissistic personality disorder, we have to first understand what a personality disorder is. Now, when I read this to you, this is from the, from the Mayo Clinic, just ask yourself, what sticks out to you in general? What polyvagal connections might there be, Okay. So according to the Mayo Clinic, a personality disorder is a type of mental disorder in which you have a rigid and unhealthy pattern of thinking, functioning, and behaving. A person with a personality disorder has trouble perceiving and relating to situations and people. This causes significant problems and limitations in relationships, social activities, work, and school. In some cases, you may not realize you have a personality disorder because your way of thinking and behaving seems natural to you and you may blame others for the challenges you face. So any polyvagal things pop up for you, just kind of notice them for now. And uh, when we get deeper into the actual diagnosis, kind of like check to see if your hunches were accurate so far. But we have to get narrowed down a little bit more and talk about what cluster B personality disorders are. And again, what sticks out to you in general when it comes to cluster B personality disorders. Cluster B personality disorders are characterized by dramatic overly emotional or unpredictable thinking or behavior. They include antisocial personality disorder, borderline personality disorder, histrionic personality disorder, and narcissistic personality disorder. We're going to see a lot of similarities between borderline and narcissistic. Borderline we talked about last time, obviously narcissistic this time. And we're going to narrow it down a little bit further and talk about personality functioning criteria from the DSM. So again, what sticks out to you in general? We have four kind of um, areas here. The first one is impairments in identity, such as the experience of oneself as unique, the stability of self-esteem, 
and capacity for and ability to regulate a range of emotional experience. Second one is self-direction, such as the pursuit of coherent and meaningful goals, constructive and pro-social internal standards of behavior and self-reflection. Number three is empathy, comprehension and appreciation of others' experiences and motivations, tolerance of differing perspectives and understanding the effects of one's own behavior on others. And the fourth personality functioning criteria is intimacy, depth and duration of connection with others, desire and capacity for closeness, and mutuality of regard. All of these would involve a significant level of impairment. And obviously with personality disorders in general, the person's not in a safe and social state. If they were, they would have empathy. They'd be able to be intimate with someone. They'd have a connection. They'd have self-direction. And they'd have um, no impairments in identity or less impairments in identity. So this is obviously the, the individual with personality functioning impairments Obviously, a very dysregulated nervous system state, or at least not having access to the safe and social state. Now, let's go deeper into narcissistic personality disorder of the DSM. Now, keep in mind all the stuff that you kind of that kind of caught your attention from from uh, from what I re- previously read. The essential features of a personality disorder are impairments in personality functioning and the presence of pathological personality traits. To diagnose narcissistic personality disorder, the following criteria must be met. And real quick, pathological is any departure from what is considered healthy or adaptive. That's from the APA. Okay, so the the following criteria must be met. A, significant impairments in personality functioning manifest by one, impairments in self-functioning. And this, this is A or B, so one So we went from A, significant impairments in personality functioning manifest by number one, impairments in self-functioning. And underneath number one is A, a a little a, identity, impairments in identity self-functioning. Now this is excessive reference to others for self-definition and self-esteem regulation. Exaggerated self-appraisal may be inflated or deflated or vacillate between extremes. Emotion regulation mirrors fluctuations in self-esteem. So that's all impairments in identity, self-functioning. Is there an element of safety here? No, but there might be an intrinsic and biological urge to connect with others, just like anybody, and like all of us, we all want to connect with others. We all, our biology has to connect with each other. And this came up with borderline personality disorder as well. There's an urge to connect, but not having the self to do so. And impairments in identity, that's that's what we're talking about. Is there an element of flight here? Maybe, but personally, I'm not really getting a, a strong sense of that when it comes to identity uh, portion of impairments in self-functioning. Is there an element of fight here? Maybe. Yeah, I'm feeling this one a little bit more. I'll go into it. Is there an element of shutdown here? I think so. Pretty strongly with the identity pathological personality trait. Whenever there's like an issue in identity, I go straight to shutdown. That's if they seem to go hand in hand. There, when we're in shutdown, there's a disconnect from the environment. There's a disconnect from others. There's a, a disconnect from the present moment, and also from the self. 
numbness may be part of that. Dissociation may be part of that. Numbness and dissociation are, they come with shutdown. Increased pain tolerance can come with flight fight as well. But numbness, dissociation, those are, I think, very strongly in the shutdown category. Let's talk about the present moment and the self. This came up with borderline as well. But the present moment and the self. Again, we have to be in the present moment to be our true or truer self. I don't know if we, if any of us ever actually reached the true self. But truer, we'll settle for that, okay? But we have to be in the present moment to be our truer self. Through successful treatment, through successful therapy, or whatever avenue that someone takes, that client might look back and say, that wasn't me. Like, once they get to their safe and social state, they climb the ladder, they'll look back and they say, that wasn't the real me. But now that they're in the present moment and have access to their safety system, now they are their truer self. And looking back, they can say, that wasn't me. They're more they're more fully aware of their true self, and they are more fully self-actualized, I guess. The narcissist is not their true self. They are what others define them as. They are not in their own body. They are very much in their thoughts and out of the present moment. But part of being, and maybe you can be in your thoughts in the present moment, but I think to really fully be in the present moment, you have to be within your body. You have to be more aware of your own feelings and defining yourself through the thoughts of others, the approval or opinions of others, defining yourself through grandiosity and whatnot, which we'll get to. That's that's very evaluative. It's very judgmental. That's very much in your thoughts. And that comes from at least a sympathetic state, more of a flight by place. But we'll, we'll get to it. Like the borderline individual we talked about last week, the narcissistic person is using others. But the difference is it's to define who they are, which might help them to regulate their sense of self-worth or to give themselves a new story and to maintain the sympathetic energy. And if they can do that, that might prevent them from going into shutdown. The borderline used their connection with others to maintain their sympathetic energy and avoid shutdown in a very similar way. But it's who they are versus a connection with another. Neither of these is not an actual ventral vagal moment or actual co-regulation from the other. That would require some real connection. In that actual ventral vagal moment, Actual connection would have would result in empathy, compassion, calm, being in the present moment, vulnerability. All of these things and more lack for the narcissistic individual. I think this has a lot to do with returning fight energy. It could also be an avenue for some stuck freeze energy, but I think it's more of a returning fight energy kind of thing. For the borderline individual... The relationship or the perceived connection with the other person was their avenue for the freeze energy. And for them, I think it was more of a freeze thing. To regulate themselves and avoid the misery of rejection. The shutdown, complete shutdown of rejection. The opposite of rejection was what they sought, which was acceptance. Validation, connection. 
for the narcissistic individual, the opinion or approval of the other person might be their avenue for regulation. Not connection with the other person, but opinion. Or maybe the other person's positive opinion of them brings them this like distorted sense of connection. But the opinion or approval is sought. And that's the opposite of the deflated self-esteem which comes from shutdown. The deflated sense of self-worth. So for the borderline individual, the rejection may have been intolerable. For the narcissistic individual, the lack of worth might be what is intolerable. We are still in number one, A1A identity. Story follow state. This person is placing the intense freeze energy or returning fight energy into exaggeration of the worth of the self. This is very much a sympathetic story, right? The energy of the story, not just the story follows state, but the energy of the story also matches the state. Now, this gets even more interesting because it mentioned in this uh, trait that there's also a complete deflation of the worth of the self, which is the absence of the energy that is present in the inflation story of the self. The absence of energy, the, the complete deflation of the, the worth of the self, that's a very much a shutdown story. The lack of energy. This, this very much parallels borderline personality disorder with their judgment of the other person as all good or all bad. It's an outward direct, directing of the energy that the other person is all good or all bad, but the narcissist is directing the energy inward that they are either all good or all bad. Let's continue on with the DSM criteria here. So A is significant impairments in personality function, functioning manifest by one, impairments in self-functioning. Now we did A, now this is B. B is self-direction. Goal setting is based on gaining approval from others. Personal standards are unreasonably high in order to see oneself as exceptional or too low based on a sense of entitlement, often unaware of own motivations. Now, is there a sense of safety here? I am not hearing that, seeing that. Is there flight energy here? I don't, I don't really think so. Is there fight? I think so, yes. Goal setting, let's talk about that. Goal setting means there's some motivation And motivation requires some sympathetic energy, along with the safe and social system, the the sense of safety, self-belief, social engagement. This system, that circuitry needs to be active along with the motivation, along with the sympathetic energy. Think about something like creating a business. This requires that you believe in yourself, which comes from, I think, some level of the safety system activated. But creating a business also involves energy and the ability to tolerate the sympathetic activation along with risk. All of this comes from the safety system with the fight sympathetic energy. Because I think it's more of a fight because we're directing the energy towards something, not away from it. If we're creating a business, we're actively pursuing that, probably aggressively, not moving away from it. Remember that when these 
defensive systems are activated, it doesn't mean that it's actually out of defense necessarily. It doesn't necessarily because it's out of defense. When I say these systems are activated, it just means it's activated, but it's activated along with the social engagement system. So when it comes to goal setting and motivation, the defensive system of fight is activated, but it's along with the social engagement system. That's motivation. When the ventral vagal circuitry evolved, the safety system, it sort of dampened the intensity of the defensive circuits while also repurposing them when combined for pro-social interaction. So when the ventral vagal, the safety circuitry is activated along with a defensive system, it results in behaviors that are pro-social. And if you take away the safety system, all you're left with is the defensive behaviors. But the narcissistic person lacks the safety system necessary for motivation. And I think it turns into something else. That sympathetic, aggressive energy to get things done is used for the end result of getting approval from others, like it says in this criteria. Not for improving the lives of others, not for providing for loved ones, but for the admiration or approval of others. In the safety state, you don't really need the admiration and approval of others. You can appreciate those things, but it's not the goal of using the sympathetic energy. When we talk about goal setting for narcissistic individuals, the goal of the sympathetic energy is the approval of others. If you need the approval of others, you don't have your safety system activated. You don't have your social engagement system activated. Or not enough. The other piece of this one is the unaware of own motivations. And this corroborates what I was just saying. There's not a conscious awareness of the thing that they're after, which is the approval of others. They're not consciously aware of that because they're not in the present moment. This, they're not in the present moment because the safety system is not activated in order to be in the present moment. So is there a shutdown flavor present here? I think so. Not more than I've already kind of said, but I do think it's here. I do think that there's, there's a disconnect from the self in needing others to define the self, including how we use the sympathetic energy in, in goal setting. Okay, all of that was number one, which is impairments in self-functioning. In order to have the diagnosis, you have to have the impairments in self-functioning and... So either A or B, which we went over, and number two, impairments in interpersonal functioning. And this requires A or B, which is following. Now, A is empathy and B is intimacy. I'll go into both of those. A, empathy. Impaired ability to recognize or identify with the feelings and needs of others. Excessively attuned to reactions of others, but only if perceived as relevant to self over or underestimate of own effect on others. Empathy requires access to the safety and social engagement system. If we're in danger, or we perceive or neurocept that we're in danger, we're not going to have empathy. We lose access to that skill, that ability, that tool. This is a nervous system with a narcissistic individual. This is a nervous system in a state of danger. They don't have access to their empathy, leading to, quote, impaired ability to identify with the feelings and needs of others. 
If you're not safe, if you're not safe, you simply don't do that. Now, does that come from flight, fight, or shutdown? It, it could be either one of those. The other piece here with empathy is it says excessively attuned to the reactions of others. Excessively attuned. Excessive attunement requires requires some energy, right? This is not attunement in the polyvagal sense of attuning to the state of another and like kind of matching their state. Could this excessive attunement or maybe need or desire or want or craving, I'm not sure what a better word for what would be for this. Could this be a shutdown to fight thing, climbing from shutdown into fight? There's a cutoff from the self, which is from shutdown. And we, I think we've pretty much already established that already with the narcissistic individual. And the excessive needing reactions from others, this might be to affirm their existence or their worth, which which is coming from the fight energy. The excessive needing of reactions from others affirms their existence, keeping them out of shutdown and maintaining the fight energy, maybe. Shutdown brings a big disconnection from the world. Going up into the fight energy might be where the energy to excessively attune comes from. It doesn't feel like flight, I don't think. Definitely not actual safety and social engagement. Those aren't present. But this could also potentially be an avenue for stuck freeze energy. The reactions that they're concerned about are reactions from others if it's relevant to the self. The energy required to attune to the reactions is not guided by the social engagement system. It's not safe. It's not connected. The social interactions are very much directed toward the self and from the self. It's actually, this reminds me of last week we talked about the swirling vortex of disconnection with uh, the borderline individual. I can easily see this being a vortex, a swirling vortex of disconnection as well for the narcissistic individual. We can already see the spiral of social interactions that are very much directed toward the self, all about the self, but also the energy to interact with people in the way that, that they do comes from the self. So they're like, they're using this intense energy to interact, interact with people in order to get a strong reaction back and kind of feeding it back into themselves, which maintains that sympathetic energy. And like I said already, this energy that's put into finding relevance to the self, this might be an avenue for staying out of a more disconnected and more shutdown state. I mean, think about it this way. If you take away the approval of others, what is this person left with? It sounds like a very lonely, very disconnected, very sad existence. If, if you take away that one thing, what are they left with? Where do they go? Probably a very shut down place. B, intimacy. Relationships largely superficial and exist to serve self-esteem regulation. Mutuality constrained by little genuine interest in others' experiences. And predominance of a need for personal gain. Let's talk about these superficial relationships uh, or selfishness or little interest in others. This is not a social engagement thing. This is not safety. This is this person's safety state is not active enough to have a whole lot of a difference, it looks like, to make a whole lot of a difference. 
Let's talk about also selfishness versus self-interest. Selfishness is benefit to the self at the expense of others. This is how I define it, at least. If we're being selfish, it's at the expense of another. But self-interest is benefit to the self along with others, or just not at their expense. Like, that's okay. Self-interest, not an issue. Selfishness, where you're, it's at the expense of someone else, that's not okay, right? For example, I give my time for doing interviews for other people, for editing for the podcast, recording for the podcast, and loads of stuff I'm giving away. But I benefit from that along with all of you. Hopefully, I hope you're benefiting from it. Yeah, I'm acting out of my self-interest, and that's okay. So are you. You're listening and benefiting, but not at my expense. There's a, a mutuality. The more I give, the more people listen, which increases the rankings of my podcast on the charts and maybe gets me more attention for other things that I want to line up, including the the Patreon member section. Even Steven, I put stuff out there, you benefit from it, it sets me up for other stuff potentially. We're all acting out of our self-interest, not selfishness. My polyvagal patrons... They're acting out of their self-interest by giving five bucks a month for my members' content. We both win. I get the money for my efforts, and they get more content for their five bucks. There's benefit along with each other. There's no selfishness here. That's a lot different than what we're hearing in the narcissist's ability to have intimacy in their relationships, in their interpersonal relationships, in their interpersonal functioning. Their relationships, like I said, are very superficial and it's all about the self or the the false self, I suppose. Okay, that was uh, little b. That was 2b, but now there's a big b. Pathological personality traits in the following domain antagonism. Number one, antagonism. Now we're going to talk about some traits underneath antagonism. Antagonism is like the higher order Structure with some traits underneath it. Antagonism is characterized by grandiosity and attention-seeking. Let's talk about grandiosity. Feelings of entitlement, either overt or covert, so obvious or not so obvious, but feelings of entitlement. Self-centeredness, firmly holding to the belief that one is better than others and condescending toward others. Again, with grandiosity, All about the self or the false self. All about that person. Entitlement is like something is owed to you, even if it's not. Self-centeredness is obviously all about the self. One is better than the other is about the self. There's an inflated sense of self along with the energy of fight, probably, I would think. Or the energy of fight is feeding the inflated sense of self. It's being put into the sense of self and inflating it. And condescension probably comes from fight energy. I think there's an aggression. That seems like a pretty obvious one, right? There's an aggression to condescension. But also think about like inflating the self, condescension. The image in my mind is like standing above someone, being bigger than someone. Entitlement, the same kind of thing where you're, it should be given to you. You should be served. All of this comes from a place of, I think, misdirected power or fight energy, right? There's an aggression to this. There's a dominance there. 
That's all fight, fight energy. But we also see the shutdown disconnect from the self in grandiosity as well. There's an inaccurate view of the self. There's a disconnect leading to an inaccurate view of the self. Being better than others is not accurate. There's definitely no safety in there, but that's just, it's not an accurate view of the self. There's a disconnect there. I think that comes from shutdown. We can be better or worse at some things or activities. Like we can outperform or underperform each other, right? But none of us is inherently better than the other. We're not born that way. Like we're just mammals. We're just mammals on the same planet, born without any sort of value to us inherently. And the second piece of antagonism is attention-seeking, which is excessive attempts to attract and be the focus of the attention of others and admiration-seeking. Is there safety here? No. Is there flight here? No. Is there fight here? I think so. I think that energy is here. Wanting to seek out and get closer to the attention, like you're closing in proximity, you're getting closer to it. There's more aggression there not avoiding it, or hiding from attention. You're actively seeking it out. The energy required in these excessive attempts, the excessive attempts to attract and be the focus of attention, the energy there, I think, is fight. Is that fight energy. You're not actually fighting anyone, I hope, but that aggressive energy is is underlying the attention-seeking, I think. Is there a shutdown here? Maybe. Maybe uh, with attention-seeking, due to wanting to avoid shutdown, though. Probably to maintain the sympathetic fight energy. And wanting to avoid it through that inflated sense of self that comes along with the attention, with that attention-seeking that comes along with it in this in this uh, trait. There are C, D, and E for the diagnosis. I'm going to skip over those, though. Uh, my final thought on this in a second, but Polyvagal patrons, let me know what you thought of this episode and the members episodes as well from the week in the Patreon comments. There was a couple of mini episodes that published this week. Let me know what you thought of those and this one as well. So my final thoughts here, uh, where's the freeze? Where's the freeze energy or stuck energy in all of this? And I don't really see it. With the borderline diagnosis, I thought freeze might be underlying a lot of what we were seeing. But with a narcissistic personality disorder, I just don't get that same feel to it. It could be. I'm not saying it's not, but I'm just I'm not getting that. There were not any symptoms in the DSM criteria that pertain to rage or panic. No overwhelm, no frantic energy. It could still be there. But it also seems like someone could have this diagnosis without that outward presentation. And I know, so I'm just going by the DSM diagnosis. I know if you go online, there's a lot of stuff out there about narcissistic personality disorder or just what people are calling narcissists. It it has become a very popular label to throw onto others, whether they deserve it or not. And I think it's being thrown around just in bad relationships that they're saying this person's a narcissist. So I'm not talking about all that. I'm talking about just the DSM criteria. I did not get the sense of the freeze energy there. The etiology, the history of narcissism, the disorder, suggests there's, I mean, if there's a number of paths that are put out there or theories, 
this suggests there's like an over or under gratification of the desires and needs of a child that maybe that's where this comes from. There's also a history of physical abuse, um, unpredictable or negligent parenting, being modeled manipulative behavior from parents. All, but all these pieces suggest some attachment issues, absolutely, to, just to put it loosely, attachment issues. And it, it, I think these things suggest more of a chronic disruption of connectedness, more of a CPTSD flavor than the forced immobilization, shock trauma, more PTSD kind of stuff. And I'm putting a pretty stark line in there. Of course, it's a gray area, but that's kind of how I view things. So I think there's, with the CPTSD, with the chronic disruption of connection, that there is probably more likelihood of shutdown being present, of a complete disconnect if you don't have a connection with safe parents there's definitely going to be a neuroception of life threat that your life is actually in danger you're not getting your basic needs met so abuse uh, neglect those absolutely lend to the idea of being in a very very shut down deeply shut down kind of a place freeze comes from being immobilized while highly sympathetically charged. That's going to come from sexual assault, crashes, surgeries, that kind of stuff where you're immobilized while highly charged. And when it comes to the narcissistic personality disorder, I get more of a sense of a chronic disruption of connectedness and a very, very severed attachment from what should have been very safe parents, but it's that I mean it sounds like there's a flavor of that not have happened. I've got one major announcement, and that is that the member section has moved to Patreon. I'm calling it Polyvagal Patrons. And the best part is it comes with its own podcast. The Polyvagal Patrons podcast shows up in your podcast app just like this one. I love that. It's updated with a mini episode or two. Every single week on Tuesday, just like this one. And there's already a ton of content, audio content there already. There's I counted it up. There are over seven hours of content that's not available here. That is seven hours more of all things Polyvagal, more Justin, more Mercedes, and some fun excerpts that didn't make it into the podcast. All that for five bucks a month. You could literally binge seven hours of this for $5 this month. And I'm adding to it weekly. So current members, when you switch over, let me know. And I will close your Justin LMFT account so that you're not going to be billed both places. Um, I did send out an email to everybody. So check your emails, check your spams to make sure you can get placed there with some more information on this. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've learned some new ways to connect with others or even with yourself. 